0: You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast coming to you from Montecito, California. And I am still loopy, man. I'm still recovering from COVID about, uh, gosh, two and a half weeks out now. I'm sort of in a cloud. It's so weird. Just like 75%... Physically a little short of breath, but I've just got like this haze haze in my head going on. I don't know what's going on, but hopefully it'll get better. Um, And uh, every day seems to be just a tad better. Um, So uh, if I say goofy stuff, uh, don't don't blame me. I think it's probably a little bit of low oxygen or something like that. So like this interview with Tom Wheelwright uh, I did today. This was actually my first interview that I did with uh, anybody. Uh, since uh, the COVID diagnosis, it was a little weird. Um, I knew I had wrote written down everything I I wanted to ask Tom, but I still felt kind of odd. Anyway, uh, listen, um, first podcast also since the inauguration. I um, will just say that uh, political differences aside and all the concerns for, you know, taxes and all that business. I was relieved to see some order uh, restored in the government last week. Uh, you know after all that insurrection stuff and all that, which I found very sad uh, for America. Um, and regardless of policy differences, etc., and all the war coming on the rich and it, 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 all that business um, that <laughs> we might be worried about. I do think that this, uh, that uh, Biden is a guy who, you know, has got a lot of integrity. He cares about his country. He's a guy that I feel like he's a, a respectable human being. And, and uh, you know, as a person who loves his country first above uh, any party, I wish him well. I hope uh, he can guide us through the difficult part of th- this history that we're in, you know, with the death and destruction of this pandemic, the financial hardships um, that uh, people are having. And, you know, this crazy hyperpolarization and partisanship uh, that we haven't really seen I think in this country probably since the Civil War, which I think is very, very sad. But um anyway, it's my sincere hope that uh, this president will help, you know, help bring a, a new national discourse. Um, you know, we're not gonna agree on things, but hopefully we can stop being quite so hateful. Uh and maybe it's unrealistic though, to think that, you know, that genie can go back in the bottle uh, after all these you know, this world that we live in now with the sound bites and gotcha moments and all that, but I think we're capable. And I certainly know you guys are as a community, you're smart and, uh, you're good people. And, and, uh, and I, and I'm hoping that uh, at least we as a community can make an effort to tone things down. I mean, there's people with a lot of different opinions even within our group. Uh, and, uh, but I think it's, it's nice to see people just, you know, ratcheted down and, and, you know, try to have respectful conversations with one another instead of the hate. So, um, anyway, with that being said, uh, this show today is an important one. Uh, this is a show that, uh, really, um, is probably the, going to be, um, you know, probably the one of the more important shows to you because it's really talking about what the tax implications, um, are, of this, uh, the, the administration and what's going on. And of course, uh, there's no one better to talk to on this topic than my CPA, uh, Tom Wheelwright. And uh, when we come back, we're going to get Tom on the show and, um, uh, and talk about uh, you know, what's going to happen next and, and potentially over the next four years. We'll be right back. How do the Rothschilds, the Romneys, and the billionaire hedge fund managers know that you don't about growing and protecting wealth? As you might imagine, the wealthy have a few tricks up their sleeves. One strategy allows you to grow wealth tax-free at a compounding rate with no volatility. It protects your money from creditors and lawsuits, and it lets you invest the same money in two different places at the same time. How about that for amplifying wealth? To learn more, go to WealthFormulaBanking.com. Again, that's WealthFormulaBanking.com. These guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Uh, Today, my guest on Wealth Formula Podcast, of course, is no one new to the show. He is uh, uh, well-known. His name is Tom Wheelwright. He's my CPA. He's a... the author of Tax Free Wealth and is a guy who we really probably want to talk to right about now, uh, given our uh, new tax uh, situation that we have in the new government. So, Tom, welcome back to Wealth Formula Podcast.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Buck. Always good to be able- always good to be with you guys.
0: Well, listen, um, I want to make sure we get right into it because this is a show that I've been wanting to do. Uh, as soon as the election happened, particularly the Senate, Senate election. And so let's get into it um, right away. I mean, we have now, obviously, a, a Democratic president. Uh, we have both the House and the Senate mm-hmm. going to the Democrats. So what does this all mean? Like, w- what, what happens now?
1: Uh, interesting question, because um, we have to remember that we actually have... <laughs> We have two branches, really two branches of government that, are in, that impact severely taxes. One is the uh, legislative branch, which is the one we always think of, you know, that's, the, that's Congress, that's the Senate and the House. And we're going, well, in Congress, how much can they do when they have a 50-50 split? And the answer is, we don't know, probably not much. They can only do one reconciliation bill a year. Uh, with regards to taxes. So they get one bite of the apple this year. That's it. From a legislative standpoint.
0: Can you explain what that means, Tom? What is a reconciliation? So what bill? that means is
1: normally they have to have 60 votes to pass a bill. Okay. Mm-hmm. In a tax bill. Um, but a re- in reconciliation, they can do it with 50 plus one. So they can do it without any Republicans, as long as they got hundred percent of the Democrats the challenge that they have, of course, in the Democratic Party is that they have uh, three or four very conservative, fiscally very conservative Democratic senators, and to get all of them and then to, uh, and then if they don't get all of them, you know, I don't think, McConnell has proven a very strong leader for his caucus. So I think it's unlikely that McConnell's going to, I think he can marshal his resources and say, no new taxes. Okay. So I don't think the Republicans are going to vote for anything significant from a tax increase. So the Democrats are going to have to get all their ducks in a row. And th- the question is, can they? Now they only get one shot at it, meaning that they only get one shot where a a 50 plus one, because we include uh, Vice President Harris, right? So 50 plus one um, gets them a tax bill. They only get one shot at that a year. So they really are going to have to look at what are they willing to do and what can they do and get, and can they get all their democratic senators on board? We know that Nancy Pelosi can get the house Democrats together. We don't know whether Chuck Schumer can get the Senate Democrats together.
0: You know, one of the questions there too, is like, do they want to do something this, uh, that would be that, um, aggressive right now, given the economy as well. I mean, that, that's that got to be part of the question.
1: Well, it's a it's an interesting question. Logic would say no, but yeah. we've already heard from Janet Yellen, who's tagged to be the new Treasury Secretary, and her her statement was, we're going to raise taxes on the wealthy, and we're going to do it soon, and we're going to do it significantly. And that's the other side of that coin, right? Because if she's Treasury Secretary, remember, um, a lot of what Uh, President Trump was able to do was through regulations, right? He withdrew regulations, he rewrote regulations. There is actually a lot you can do. I mean, for example, um, we've seen what uh, Commissioner Reddick has done, the the IRS commissioner, with regards to conservation easements and captive insurance companies, and he's gone after them aggressively, right? And he's taken positions that I think are probably not what the law was intended to do, but he's been aggressive. I think that's actually, I think that's going to be ramped up. Uh, Janet Yellen has indicated that she wants to tax the rich. Okay. So I don't know if that's because she doesn't make enough money. I don't understand that, but that she, she came out very aggressive right from the start. So what that means, what that says to me, Buck, is that I think it's going to, I think they're going to be more aggressive than maybe people thought they would be.
0: So what are the if you had to guess uh, for this year though what do you think what, what what can we expect i mean if you had to guess i know it's it's a tricky thing, but do you think that we're going to see uh, dramatic changes in, of any kind for high paid professionals into twenty twenty one or some of the things that are just sunsetting and and will kind of come back online in twenty twenty two
1: well i i think I, I think about that uh we're going to see the Democrats certainly try, okay? And there are certainly, uh, uh, but there are certain things that are easier than others. One of the things that I think would be easy for them is to raise the top rate back to 39.6%. That's actually a hard one to argue against, frankly, from a policy perspective. Um, is, is it going to hurt the economy? Probably not. Okay. Um, is it largely symbolic? Yes, but that's one of the things they want to do, right? Is, is a symbolic increase. Uh, we're taxing more of the rich. We're not taxing. Over. What they won't do. So this is key. You know, um, George H. W. Bush lost his election, his re-election bid uh with the words uh read my lips no new taxes and then he voted for he, he went ahead and signed a tax increase uh joe biden has said read my, basically read my lips no increase in taxes over 400 000 okay so i think we can be comfortable that there are not going to be any at least overt uh uh attempts to tax people who are making less than four hundred thousand dollars a year in, in in taxable income is is would be my guess. Okay, so th- that's something probably not gonna. That, that's probably we're probably pretty safe there. Um, I think that the the raising the top rate is perhaps likely I, in my opinion is is more likely than most things. Uh, interestingly enough, what I think is going to be back on the table is, and you'll be happy about this in California, Buck, is the deduction for state income taxes. The Democrats have been pushing hard on that. Pelosi has pushed hard on that. Of course, Schumer's from the East Coast. Pelosi's from the West Coast. They want that tax deduction back. So we may see some kind of a, a bill that increases taxes on the rich one place, but then gives back the state
0: tax deduction. Well, I would be happy about that one personally, since i' paying more state taxes than federal these days. But, you know, I, I do want to spend, you know, there's a little specific, but, you know, it's such a major part of uh, our uh, investor group strategy, you know, um, the the concept of bonus depreciation, Tom, uh, you know, you've been advocating um, uh, for for years now, uh, since, especially since the Trump uh uh, laws of change. and you know we've been using it. Uh, your clients have been using it. We've been using it to the best we can in real estate, in uh, with in combination with cost segregation analysis and bonus depreciation. Um, can you maybe, if you could, uh, could you talk a little bit about where you, what you think is going to happen there? Um, obviously, that has been a huge, huge, um, you know, benefit. To many real estate investors. Um, maybe if you, if you could start with sort of the context of what it used to be. I mean, what? I mean, because it's not sure. that bonus depreciation never existed, it was just something different than it was. It became something different and perhaps it'll go back to what it was.
1: Well, we, we've had bonus depreciation for many, many years on new equipment. Okay. It, it was never unused right? We actually used section 179 for used equipment and then uh, bonus depreciation applied only to new. And then we also had, you know, it's been up and down from 50% to hundred percent, right? On new equipment. We are, but by, by the way, we're one of the few countries in the world that doesn't, that doesn't, hasn't always allowed a hundred percent deduction for e- equipment, new equipment, Okay that's very common throughout the world uh, a deduction for new equipment what what we are unique in is allowing a bonus depreciation for used real estate that's a that's a unique position in fact most countries don't even allow any depreciation for used real estate and we're allowing bonus depreciation so what we used to have is we used to have basically four rates for depreciation we had a a, a basically a 3% rate uh, approximately somewhere between two and a half to three percent for the building. We had a zero percent rate, of course, for the land. Mm. We had a five a, a to ten percent rate for the land improvements, like uh, landscaping and driveways and so forth. And then we had a twenty percent rate for uh, the contents of the building, like ceiling fans and you know connect uh, washer dryer or that kind of stuff. So. Um, that's historical. So I've always been a fan of cost segregation, as you know, there's still, that's never going away, right? We're always going to be able to do that, I think. I I do think that they're going to be hard pressed to remove um, bonus depreciation for real estate without um, severe impact on the market. I mean, uh, think about it right now, we've got so much pressure on landlords because of the eviction restrictions, Right. Mm -hmm. And if they were to then say, well, you don't get bonus depreciation, who's I I think that's I think that would be devastating to the economy. I I think that would be devastating. So I know Biden's talked about it. So we'll see if they're aggressive. I'm not sure that they'll be able to get their 50 plus one votes on that one.
0: Yeah, and so in, in that regard, we we may have the rest of the year because that one so that one naturally um, that 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 expires at the end of this year anyway, doesn't it?
1: Uh, it well no. What happens is at the end of twenty twenty two. So we have two years. Oh, okay. Uh, the end of twenty two twenty two. It starts decreasing every year. Okay. Um. So we go back to to where it was at twenty twenty five, but it's it's actually around for quite some time now still.
0: Let me ask you a logistical question here that I I feel like it's come up a number of times because you know at, at any point you know any of these reconciliations or you know new laws um, uh, can be uh, you know taken up into Congress and at what point uh, do they count? In in other words, say for example we have a, a real estate opportunity and. close on it in the next Hmm. 60 days. Um, And do we, you know, the law still says we can take bonus depreciation. Is there a reason to think that we wouldn't be able to to take the bonus depreciation in 21 uh, because of a law change, you know, two months later?
1: So that's, that's a great, great question. Um, What we're looking at is the effective date. What's the effective date of the law? So, what we normally see is we don't normally see an effective date prior to when the legislation was first proposed, okay? So, it hasn't been proposed yet, right? Yeah. Um, let me give you an example. So, in 2017, right, we, we got that bill at the end of 2017, December of 2017. But remember, the bonus depreciation was retroactive to September 27th of 2017. Why is why September 27th? Because that's the day they announced okay. they were looking at this new law. Okay, it's really bad tax policy to take it back to the beginning of the year. You know, Biden and the Democrats, uh, President Biden and the Democrats are very much after taxing the rich. Yeah. Uh, that this is a big policy for them, and if they see bonus depreciation in real estate as a way to tax the rich, which they may, okay, then uh, they might try to make it retroactive at the beginning of the year. I just don't think they, I, I just don't think there's the, I, I don't think they can get the 50 plus one votes. I, I think that would be really tough to think that they could. And to get the, and to get people in Congress to vote, to make it retroactive, it's such horrible tax policy. I'd I'd be very surprised yeah. to see that happen. <clears throat>
0: Yeah. So at least for now, I think if you're, you know, just trying to plan your way through this year, it would seem to me that the the smart thing would be to try to, <laughs> you know, try to weigh as much uh, early on as possible. I mean, just just as a strategy, trying to, you know, if you're if you're sort of a betting person, well, you try to well, get try to get your uh, bonus. Look, you
1: you, you make a good point, Buck, <laughs> because um, you know normally, like last year, we're going. Does it matter if I invest from a tax standpoint? Does it matter if I invest in January? Do I need to invest in January? Can I wait till December? And the answer is, well, with bonus depreciation, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So we could could absolutely wait and kind of wait and see and see what happens. But right now, you're absolutely right that, um, you know, investments that are done in January are unlikely to be pulled back if there is legislation undoing bonus depreciation, you make yeah. a really good point.
0: Yeah, and that—that's probably something that people ought to be thinking about. I know. I mean, I, I certainly am, and we had to start thinking about trying to wait heavily. Um, you know, if we're going to invest anyway, I mean, uh, just just know that uh, you you you, know, you have a better chance of some savings if we do it early. Um, what do you think? Um, you know, th- th- there's obviously some things that. Um, have always been—they've been controversial for years. Uh, you know, some of the conservation easement type things, and uh, obviously um, um, uh, various types of self-insurance. Do you think that these things, at some point, um, uh, what do you think happens to some of I mean, you take something like easements, and I know it's not something I talk about too much, but. You look at something like that, It there has been such this, like, you know, a question of, you know, it's not illegal. It's hated by the IRS. But now there's an element of it that also involves conservation, which is something that the Democrats seem to be into. How do you how do you see some of these things playing out? I mean, do you at the very least, do you think we get some definitions and some true um you know, some, some true guidelines, as opposed to just guessing, uh, you know, what the risk is?
1: Well, I, I think what we could see is, uh, again, regulations that would limit um, how they're used. Okay. I, I don't think the law is going to change because, um, like you say, that, that both the Democrats and the Republicans like conservation easements. Right. They both like them. Because from a Democrats, it's a conservation, from Republicans, it's, okay, this is, you know, this is, uh, this is a charitable contribution. This is a, you know, there's economic benefits here. So they both like them. Um, and and the, cha- the challenge, of course, is that ha- there has been abuse. There's no question there's yeah, been sure, abuse, right? Sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, I've yeah. seen like 20 to 1 valuations, 25 to 1 valuations. Yeah. Going, These are ridiculous valuations. Um, unfortunately, the, the place they really should um, be dealt with is in the courts, yeah. right? They, they shouldn't be dealt with by the IRS and they shouldn't be dealt with by Congress, really. They should probably be dealt with in the courts as to the, just the valuation side of it. Um, I, I think, though, that what we're more likely to see than legislation in the conservation easement area is we're more likely to see um, restrictions from a regulation from a regulatory standpoint. Um, that's one, again, where Janet Yellen could say, look, we're going to write regulations. We're going to let those regulations go to court. Maybe in the meantime, uh, Congress will pass, pass something, but we're going to do what we can do to restrict them from a regulatory standpoint. And I think from a, you know, the, the, the captive insurance, the self-insurance has the same issues because remember um, the, or, origin, the, or, the origination of captive insurance is for, uh, farming, farmers, right? Yeah. Farmers and ranchers, uh, because they have so much risk that they cannot otherwise insure. And, and it's interesting because it was Senator Grassley who's been going after conservation easements and uh, captives, and yet he's the one that got them in the law in the first place. Yeah. So it, it's a little, uh, you know, it's a little difficult to understand where they're going. I think though, again, what they're trying to do is to prevent abuse and I think that that again will come through regulation. Yeah.
0: Well, what's interesting too, on the I'll, I'll say on the, the captive insurance side is um, we even though we have a democratic uh, president and and Congress now, we actually have a conservative Supreme Court. And there's some there's some cases um, that that revolve uh, that that are involved in the Supreme Court specifically with cap, uh, with captive insurance, isn't there?
1: There is a case right now that we're waiting for a decision from the Supreme Court. It's been heard by the Supreme Court. We're waiting for a decision any day now from the Supreme Court. And and that really relates to uh, if you are, are, if you're in a captive, if you have a captive, do you have to file a form 8886? That's really what that revolves around. Did the IRS go through the proper mechanism um, to make that a requirement? And if not, then that means that they have a hard time tracing it, right? right? So it makes uh, enforcement that much that m- much tougher. But yeah, I mean it's we're waiting on that court ca- that, on that decision any day now.
0: Um, I want to shift a little bit, uh, I think just sort of on these specific things we've been talking about because I think that um, you know, overall, there's always a little bit of a doom and gloom uh, from the financial perspective. Certainly, right. when you have everything shifting towards a democratic government. Um, but you know, the other perspective on this that I, I've certainly thought about, and I, I'm curious about what you think, is you know, um, this is a this is a government, uh, this is an administration that wants to do some big things too, um, specifically as it relates to you know probably the environment, the Green New Deal, uh, the uh, infrastructure, and all of that. And it would seem to me that along that lines, we have probably some things to look forward to as well. And I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit sort of, you know, on a historical perspective on what your view is, you know, with these kinds of um, movements and and how ultimately – you know, do they end up benefiting us as taxpayers?
1: Well, so um, the, the, your, the first one, the, the conservation is, uh, and the climate is really, I think, one of his number one things. After, yeah. after, after coronavirus, I think that's his number one issue. Um, and that's good. Actually, I think that's actually good news yeah. um, for investors, because one thing we know for sure is that no politician is ever going to give up any power they have. And the tax law as a way to incentivize something is very powerful. And so I would see that there's going to be there, we we know that he sees, President Biden's already talked about this, talked about on the campaign trail that he wants to incentivize uh, green energy. Mm -hmm. That he wants to incentivize renewable energy, wants to incentivize electric cars. He wants to bring back uh, full credits for solar, for example, and going back to the 30%. And so, I think we're going to see that. I actually think that's an, to me, that's where I'm looking from a real estate standpoint, yeah. okay, is that the real estate opportunities are really going to be in housing and in energy, okay? That's where the real estate's going to be. I think commercial is uh, in going to be in terrible, I mean, commercial real estate shit, I mean, office, et cetera. We know because of the virus that- i been going to the office and so I think the office, commercial office space is going to be challenging that segment of real estate. But I think that the segment for, for multifamily, I think we might see more in the low income housing yeah. area. We might see more, in, we certainly will see more in solar and other um, uh, renewable energy uh, areas. So I, I do think we're going to see some incentives going that way and that might be, it might be those incentives offset the increase in the taxes to the wealthy and it might they might come in at the same time and that's how they might convince people to to vote for that bill.
0: Yeah I mean and at the end of the day I think this thematically goes back to our whole philosophy here, which is ultimately, yeah, I mean you're gonna get hurt in this economy if you're a you know, unfortunately if you're a high W-2 wage earner, you got nothing <laughs> else going on. Right. But right. um, you know, if if you can you know, make yourself a little bit more sophisticated uh financially uh you have you have an op- opportunity here potentially to to win and i i think that's an ongoing theme don't you think that's true
1: oh i don't think there's any question there's a um i i was listening to our our friend robert kiyosaki right he's doing his his uh radio show and uh he he was talking about green energy and his guest said, American Tucson was his guest. And he said, look, the socialists are going to pay for the green energy and the capitalists are going to profit from it. Right. The entrepreneurs are going to profit from it. So there's going to be, there's always huge opportunity. Um, and, and certainly when there's a shift, a, a shift is an opportunity from an investment standpoint. But you're absolutely right, Buck. I think that the high income earners are going to get hit harder and harder and harder um, the the deeper we go into this administration. Right,
0: Tom. I want to thank you again for being on Wealth Formula podcast. I think um, you know overall, uh, I you know I, I don't think it's it's the end of the world. <laughs> I think we're going to be fine. <laughs> but I do appreciate your perspective and uh, and uh, obviously love having you on all the time.
1: Oh, I I appreciate that. Hey, can I mention one other thing that came out in this last stimulus bill? Oh, of course. course. You may not have paid attention to. Yes, please. Um, We now, for the next two years, have 100% deduction for meals, for business meals. So, is that right? This is another example, Buck, where (laughs) if you're an employee, you get hammered. And if you're in a business owner, you reap the rewards. Uh, uh, No employee can ever deduct their meals. But a business owner now, instead of just deducting fifty percent, even carryout buck gets oh, to be nice. deducted at one hundred percent as long as you have the business purpose and meet all the other tests. Um, so, so again, another reason to be a business owner, be an investor, uh, and one more deduction that's been given to us for the yeah. next two years.
0: Well, I'll I'll, uh, I'll drink to that. And uh, <laughs> just one reminder too for everybody. Of course, Tom has, uh, you know. Uh, everybody needs good uh, CPA help. And I highly recommend you go to check out Tom's network. It's uh, wealthability wealth and wealthability.com. Right, Tom.
1: That's right. Thanks so much, Buck. And really appreciate all your support um, over the years, because I, I know that you're most interested in helping your, your listeners and your investors build wealth and you do a great job of that.
0: Absolutely. And, and, you know, a big part of that is all about, you know, planning on keeping your money. It's not just what you make. So anyway Tom again thanks again for being on Wealth Formula podcast and we'll see you next time. Thanks very much, Buck. Welcome back to the show everyone. Hopefully it wasn't too loopy for you there and you got something out of it. Um I think the thing that from a from the perspective of what what uh you can carry forward in my opinion uh from this show as an action step is you know I would invest heavily now. I mean, I think what you're—if uh, you want to get into more opportunities, um, you know, where you have depreciation, particularly uh, multifamily real estate opportunities, um, you know, even in uh, even our ATM stuff uh, right now that we've got going on uh, through WFVelocity.com, uh, these are the things where you can, um, you know, you might have ordinarily have waited. Uh, later on in the year, but if you want to use this opportunity uh, to wait time, it might be good to, you know, to get into those things earlier and uh, invest more earlier in the year, in hopes of uh, you know avoiding some of these tax law changes. So that that to me is a big takeaway. Anyway, other than that, I just want to uh, take a moment again, just be uh, do my part, and as a public service announcement. You know, I just want to take this chance again to urge you to be careful out there with this COVID stuff. You know, this thing really beat the heck out of me and I hate to see it do the same for you. Amazed at how many horror stories you guys have sent me about perfectly healthy people dying within days of this disease. So and I don't want that to be you guys. Uh, and if, you know, uh, if not for you, do it for your neighbor. You know, one of the things that it's really hard for me to understand is how, Wearing a mask and not wearing a mask has become such a political issue. I would just like to point out that our veterans, you know, gave up their lives for fellow Americans. And all we're really doing right now is we, we have the same number of people dying COVID-19 as we had casualties in World War II. Uh, it's, uh, in, you know, and in that regard, it's so much to wear a mask, right? You're not having to give your life up. Um, anyway, certainly easier than going to war, right? Um, anyway, that's, uh, that's my PSA topic for, uh, for the day, and I'm going to leave it at that. Again, I apologize that I'm so kind of loopy and all over the place these days. Hopefully, I will be back uh, in my normal mind soon, but uh, at least we've got some good tax information in the meantime. This is Buck Joffrey with Wealth Formula Podcast signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time.